friends and family to another episode of The Celebrant Talk Show. My name is Josh Withers and I am lucky to share this piece of MP3 with Sarah Ed. Hello, Sarah. Hello, everyone. It's lovely to be in your ears again. It would be nice to think it, be, think it was friends and family, but I'm not convinced that my mum listens to this. She should. Uh, like, I know. And I know that she's an intelligent woman. <laughs> From what you've told me, she sounds like an intelligent woman, and I feel that she should be listening. Like it's an intelligent thing to do. So yeah, her it's a loss. Good point. Her loss. If it is a good point. If you listen to this, mum, you've been missing out. <laughs> and hey, look, this is our celebrant family, after all, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I um yes. I opened up Skype to give you a call this afternoon, and I was like, hey, the last time you guys chatted was the sixth of July, and today's the eighth of August. And uh, I just want to, um, well, not apologise for being busy, but say, hey, yeah, we've got businesses and life, and and uh, I, I don't know from the from the very start of this podcast, we've made no real commitment to a uh, to a, a regular schedule. schedule. Like we we kind of had this kind of fortnightly thing in our head, which has fallen apart in recent months, haven't we? Yeah, it has. But you know, maybe things will change when you don't, you know, like travel overseas every second day. Yeah, well, the reason that we're recording today is because I've been in New Zealand for two weeks. I was in Cairns yesterday. Byron Bay tomorrow and the next day, and then I'm off to Canada. I'm like, well, you know what? If we're going to record the podcast sometime in August, today's probably the day. It's going to have to be the day. Yeah. So here we are on the 8th of August. So good Yay. to see you, Sam. You've uh, been uh, rocking it, been doing well? Yes. Uh, it's all about, uh, August is all about consolidation. So doing some work on my website, doing some work on like images. Um, doing some preparation for training for the rest of the year. It's this is the down season and, you know, or the, at least at the very least, the less busy season. So it's time for, you know, doing all those bits and pieces that you don't get to do in October, November when it's crazy busy. I saw a really good video from uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. I actually saw it last year when he first dropped it and then he reshared it this, um, this August. And, uh, and it's his view on August, which is from a North American point of view, which is kind of the, the, the years flipped, but I think it also makes sense. But so hang with me, but he's, he's like, August is for one or two things that if, if you're hustling, like if you're, if you're trying to be on the up, if you're trying to grow, if you're trying to get ahead of everyone else, or if you, if you're starting from zero, um, August is the month when everyone else is resting, everyone else is having a break. So obviously they're talking about North American summer. Yeah. But, uh, you know, everyone else like is our January. Yeah. Yeah. Very much our, oh God, totally our January because in the wedding industry, everyone takes January off. And I'm like, that's, 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 that's work time. Anyway. No, but see, that's how it is in, um, in Queensland, but no, not in Melbourne. No, no, but inquiry wise, like everyone's oh, inquiring. Yeah. 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 Fair. Like inquiring, doing sales meetings, getting yeah, on the true. blog, that kind of thing. And so that's Gary's thing is that August, it's either for like, if, if you're, if you're hustling, hustle or, if you if, if if you're in that place if you're doing okay then rest and rest up and rest hard, um and uh, and I found that really interesting and I think it applies yes it applies to August because August is very much a lot of the wedding wedding industries or they're tired they're sleeping they're resting they're on holidays awesome but you know what if you're a celebrant that's trying to get on the up button buckle down in August but more Absolutely. so. Don't go taking January off. Like it's it's you know it's super. It's a very luxury thing to take January off and you know, be on Instagram. Hey guys, taking January off. Cool. But you know what? If you're trying to grow your business and if you're sitting there bitching and moaning of the things aren't going well, January's the month to be on the emails quicker than anyone anyone else to so be true. replying, getting on the Skype meetings, getting into the the the, the um you know, in person meetings, blogging Facebook, and just getting hard into it because the rest of the industry is off. And um, it's and very true. this is this is your time to to grow and to move. It's awesome. It's very true. And to consolidate. Yeah, to consolidate. What, what, are you, what are you doing consolidate. to the website? Like, have you got to, you should oh, open up just, and freshen up or like, have you got a plan? No, well, um, I've, you know, changed the like hero images on the, on the main page. And really I'm working with uh, one of our lovely celebrant colleagues, Fiona McIntyre, who's um, doing some website design stuff around getting all of my image library a bit more organized because at the moment I just kind of shove things like I upload, you know, images and I don't pay attention to what size they are or what format they are or what their um, alt text is or anything like that. So we're working on like compressing all the images so that the website loads faster and, you know, all of that stuff that is boring as batshit for me. 
but very necessary. Have you got a, a Dropbox or just a local folder where you collect all the photos from different weddings you're at? So that yeah. in a couple of years' time, you can. So, so what's what's your system? Dropbox is my system. No, no, no. But, but, but like, so you did a wedding. Say it's eighth of August. You're doing a wedding. You're doing Jack and Jill's wedding, and then yeah. in two months' time, Jack and Jill send you some photos. Yeah. What happens to those photos? Well, at the moment, they go in the Dropbox folder, and then about once a year, I go, oh, I could update the gallery on my website. And I chuck some on the gallery. And then I've also got a folder in Dropbox that says that's called when I get around to uh, organising a social media campaign. <laughs> so, so you put all the photos in one big folder? No, no. They're all separated by wedding. Yeah, so, so, so just, you know, go nerdy for three seconds. Like like Jack and Jill send you a zip file of the, of the photos. What happens yeah. to them? So I um, download them out of the zip file because I don't like zip files. And then there is a uh, – I have many folders and I'm very organised. So in my Dropbox – AAA celebrancy, trip, then AAA marketing, then images, then uh, of Sarah for use, then ceremony photos, then the year, then the year, then the date of the wedding. So eighteen oh one thirteen, um, year, month, date, and the name of the couple, and then the photos going there. Good work, good work. Oh, mine's like same but different. I've got a – so in my Dropbox folder, I've got a folder called Photo Library, which is where I store all my photos. That is the library of photos. And then three folders under that, which is um, Personal, Married by Josh, and Elopement Collective because they're – Married by Josh are the two, and Elopement Collective mm-hmm. are the two brands. And mm-hmm. then under that um, year, so you know, 2018, 2017, etc. Mm-hmm. And then under that, um, I go I, – because I, the, the – I, I figure in years' time, or in two years' time, and I'm looking at photos, the um, the date doesn't matter so much. Uh, I, all of my my actual ceremony files and paperwork that has a date because obviously that's important. Um, but photos, I just put the month, so like oh oh eight space Jack and Jill, and then I go dash location dash photographer because I want to remember the location of photographer. And I think so I, I might remember it today. But uh, hey, in two years' time, I might not. <laughs> that is eminently sensible. Although I could always then, if I forgot, look them up in my fancy CRM and go, where was that and who was the photographer? Yeah, and, and so this is the thing with the different systems is um, a lot of people like to get all uppity about, oh, this is the right system. I'm like, well, no, no, no. There's, no. There's, there's no. there's no single one system, but it's like for your brain, for your world, um, it's more important that you have a system as opposed to having my system or your system or Tave or Studio Ninja or whatever, or just whatever. When I say system, this is such a broad use of the term. I'm not even yeah. talking about CRM, just like Excel a, spreadsheet. Yeah. Piece of paper that you write stuff on. Yeah. That's it, a system. And the important thing is you have one, not that you use mine or whatever. Correct. And it's so interesting because I'm everything in my Dropbox is is in a folder of some description like there's no loose files and I all of my files are like if it's the most important file that I look at every day it's got a triple a at the front of it so it's at the top of the file of the folder box um, if it's something that's an archive folder that I'm not going to look at again it's got a triple z in front of it so that it goes to the bottom of the of the file folder yeah uh, and then I've got all of my like jobs and stuff are all in date order. And again, I do the two digits of the year, two digits of the month, two digits of the day. So 180804 for 18th, for 2018, August the 4th. Uh, and then, yeah, then the names. But I had many years ago when I was working in event management, I created a Dropbox folder and I had all of our different events with that date in front. And my boss freaked out. He couldn't cope with it. He was like, what are all these numbers? Oh, like, that's the date. And he went, well, why would you need the date there? I said, well, because then they're in order of when the event is coming. So we know, hey, this is the most important one because this is the first one that's coming up. Yep. He just couldn't handle it. It didn't work for him. Oh, that's He hilarious. needed everything in alphabetical order. So, um, yeah, it, you know, my system didn't work for him and that's fine. So it's about finding the system that works for you. It's really important. And a hot tip if you are doing things by date, because um, there's 
two different, like I kind of mentioned before, there's two date conventions I use. One, one is just the month. And so if it's an August wedding, I don't go eight space no. Jack and Jill. I go oh eight because get to month. There's like, there's three months of the year that are double digit. And if you like, like 10, 11, 12 month will be at the top of the list. Well, maybe one, 10, 11, 12, and then it'll be two, three, four. And like, that blows my mind. It kills so me. annoying. So yes, I'm me too. Zero, one, zero, two. But then if you actually, so these are, these are my, um, these are my ceremony files, so all the marriage paperwork and other associated things, scripts and readings. Um, all of that stuff, because that is specifically date, um, uh, dependent. I don't go, so if you're talking about the 1st of August, 2018, my folder name isn't 01-08-18. Other actually, way around. Other way around, because when you go order by, order by, um, you know, alphabetical, uh, the folder name is 2018, so 2018-08-01. And the way it all just orders beautifully and it's very nerdy. That's right. Cause otherwise you're going to get like all the 1st of August together. 1st of August 2018 and 1st of August 2019, and if you do it the other way around, if you do it date, month, year, but if you do it year, date, month, then you'll get them in the proper order. We've just spent 10 minutes talking about how to name our files. If anybody was concerned about whether or not Josh and I are nerds, I think we've just answered that question for you. Gosh, that's... um. <laughs> Wow, I'm, I'm glad yeah. that this far into the podcast we've managed to go down the most boring route possible. That was pretty exciting. <laughs> Gosh, what are we? Uh, please come back if you stopped listening. No, there, no, they, they can't hear us now. They've gone. <laughs> They've left. Gosh, what have we become? Oh, terrible, terrible. Okay, let's um, let's talk about something real. So uh, today uh, I want to talk a little bit about something that's been going on in the celebrant world forever and a day. Uh, but something that's starting to grate on some people's nerves. And this is a difficult conversation to have. Uh, and it's, it's, um, it's something that I touched on a little bit in a recent article that I wrote for the Celebrant Institute about finding a mentor. And it's about expecting something for nothing. So this happens. Uh, particularly in the funeral space where marriage celebrants have done their cert for in celebrancy and they've only done the marriage subjects and then they get registered marriage celebrant and then somebody goes, oh, you're a celebrant, can you do my blah blah's funeral? And they get on to their networks and they go, oh, I've just been asked to do a funeral, can somebody send me a bunch of scripts? So, and there's kind of this expectation that people will put all of their will just provide scripts that they've written, that they've, you know, poured their hard work and energy and heart and soul into and just send them over uh, with, you know, with sort of no um, quid pro quo, no, oh, I'll give you something back if you help me with these scripts. And, you know, to a certain extent, I think it's important to be collegiate and mutually supportive and things like that. But, it feels a little bit to me like it's getting to a to a point that it hasn't really been before. So, uh, you know, I was talking to somebody recently about funerals. Now, when I started as a celebrant, I went and did my Cert for in celebrancy and then I went and did a separate course in funerals. Cost me a thousand bucks. I spent three days, you know, in the classroom and then did all my um, assessment pieces. Took me a few months, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, since then, over the space of 48 funerals, I've evolved and honed the way that I work. Uh, I have no qualms about admitting that I got help from uh, some celebrants at the beginning of my funeral celebrant career, um, mainly from people who I had a relationship with, people who, uh, one person in particular, who was a very good friend of my grandmother's. Uh, my grandmother mentored her for a long time, and so I think she felt she was kind of paying it forward. Uh, but I certainly didn't ring those people up and say, can you just send me a script? My my request was, hey, I'm doing a funeral course. I'm investing I'm investing, I'm spending money and time and I'm investing in my learning. And part of my uh, assessment is to go and watch a funeral celebrant and write a report on them. Would you mind if I came to watch you? 
And that celebrant in particular said, yeah, of course, here, come to this ceremony. And by the way, here's the script for it, just in case you want to see how it looks on paper versus how it turns out in person. So she made that offer without me asking for a script. And I feel a little bit like that's a different proposition from somebody who's not done a course, who's not spent any time or money investing in their own learning and education, and then just puts up their hand and says, can someone send me a script? So I was talking to a fellow celebrant a few weeks ago. She called me about a, um, a question and in the you know, discussion about my CRM and so forth. We were talking about funerals and she's just started doing funerals. Oh, she's really gotten, you know, quite, quite fully into them. So she's doing several a week. And she was talking about how she's really struggling because she takes quite a long time to write, particularly because she, uh, when she interviews her, her families, they just kind of talk all around the place and then it takes her a long time to figure out which bits of her notes go with which part of the story of the life story and so forth. And I was saying, oh, you know, I have a very structured um, interview questionnaire that I take them through. And this person texted me a few days later and said, uh, could you please, would you mind sending me your interview, you know, your, your booking form? Um, I'd be happy to share mine with you as well. So first of all, she's already told me that she doesn't have one or that it doesn't work for her. So I'm not sure why I'd want it. Uh, but second of all, I'm very happy with the way that I work. I've, as I say, I've done a course, I've honed it over lots of reading and, and in experience of what works when I'm sitting with a family and so forth. So I wrote back to her and as she's not a member of the Celebrant Institute, I said, yeah, that's, um, you know, it's, it's this many dollars for my, uh, to buy my funeral booking form as you're not a member of the Celebrant Institute. Uh, if you were a member, it would be a 50% discount. Let me know where you can, where you want me to send the invoice. And I had radio silence for a few days and then she wrote back saying, lol, um, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, I wasn't looking for a business transaction, but more a mutual collegiate exchange of ideas. Mine isn't that bad. So I just, you know, I, I really felt quite unhappy about that experience, to be honest. Um, I had invested money, time, uh, resources in creating a document that worked for me. And her expectation was that I would just provide that to her. And I, I kind of went, well, but why? when you've told me you're not going to do a course because you don't think it's worthwhile, but I've done a course, why should I give that to you for free? So I just want to kind of put it out there that I think if you, you know, I think it's really great to ask people for help and to say, Hey, I'm a new celebrant. I'd really like to pick your brain. Can I take you out for a coffee? Can I pay for that coffee? Uh, things like that. But I think just kind of putting it out there and going, hey, can someone, someone send me a bunch of scripts without building a relationship, without, uh, you know, offering anything in return. I, I just think it's a bit entitled and I'm, I'm just a bit sad about that. So I just really wanted to bring that up. It's tough because I belong to a bunch of groups where people are really generous with their materials and their knowledge and, and sharing. Uh, but I think that maybe we've got to a point where people have started maybe to be too generous and now people are expecting it rather than it being a welcome surprise when people are making offers that are very generous. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think this has got a greater context in like, if you look at the, the world today, which is such a generalized statement, but, uh, we have access to so much intelligence and, and, and information online, and we don't really pay for a lot of it. Um, the thing is, is that even though if you're not transferring money for some of this information, like I, um, I've been playing with a thing called a Raspberry Pi, which is a little mini computer the size of a pack of smokes, and it's, it's kind of cool. And I'm just looking at blog posts and one on, online, and they're all free. Um, and I haven't paid a cent for them, but they are plastered with ads. And so the, the people behind the website are making some money from that because, uh, even though I'm not paying for the content, 
I am giving the website and the advertisers my personal information. They'll have a Facebook pixel there. So Facebook's getting information. Everyone's, everyone's getting a bit of download from Josh. No money left my account, but I still transferred value to the website. And so I think a transfer of value has been important since the beginning of time or forever, forever be important until the end of time that, um, that we as humans find our own value and we are valued. And there's always that exchange of value, um, which is, not only to do with money, but just to do with recognizing value, acknowledging value. Um, and and we've all been in that situation where someone's given us something and we can't give them money, whether it's a social weirdness or just we don't have any, and we give them a hug instead. Or you give them a shout online, like, I'm so glad Sarah you know, paid for breakfast, that she's the best. Oh, my God. Um, you know, because it's about exchanging value. And so many Facebook groups and, and whatnot – uh, expect value to be given to them, but there's often not a, rece- a receipt of that value. And there's, there's not a two way street. Um, like, I guess this is kind of why you and I like went around, went about starting the Celebrant Institute. Cause I, I think you and I both have over the last, well, I've been a celebrant coming up nine or oh, 10 years next year. Um, and you, uh, what are you, a uh, five? Almost five. Yeah. Almost five. Um, like we, I think you and I have got a lot to share. I think we have a lot to offer. And that's not some big show off. Like, I'm so good. Look at me. I'm like, no, no, I've, I've looked at what I do and, and, and the value that I've given others. And I've given that value for free. And part of that, the exchange of value is me actually seeing that it meant something to them, that they've asked me for help. I've helped them. They've been helped. And I've like, even though they've not paid for that, I've like the value that I received was seeing that it worked. And so now I feel confident starting a website, running workshops, running a conference, whatever it might be, because I, not just that I'm full of myself and I'm, I think I'm awesome, but no, no, I've, I've actually seen evidence that what I have to share is valuable. And so I can now confidently start a website at the Celebrant Institute with yourself, or I can confidently run a workshop and go, no, I've, I've got something to offer here. And so that, that's the value I've, I've received from giving, um, knowledge and wisdom and whatnot before. But now you and I are at a place, where we actually do have something to share and we will within our rights to ask for value to be given and returned to us. So with the Celebrant Institute, we ask for $10 a month. And I think that's a very fair th- fee. Um, if you don't, you're also welcome to just go elsewhere and that's okay. Uh, we offer this podcast for free because we see value in still doing a free podcast while also having a paid membership. Uh, and I'll be completely honest with that. Part of that is that you might listen to this podcast and go, oh, yeah, you know what? Josh and Sarah, not wankers. I'm going to sign up for the Celebrant Institute. Like this, <laughs> this, is a, this is an evangelical effort in, in many ways. It's also fun for you and I just to hang out. And I think, I think we do a good show Very as true. Well. Very true. So, so much of the internet today, we don't often see the value exchange because we visit the website, we get the free information, we download the script, whatever it is, and we think, oh, we've paid nothing for that. But what you've actually done is given a lot of your personal data. And when it comes to Facebook groups and, and just general communities like that, sometimes it's sharing value, like, hey, here's my scripts, and getting no money or anything in return is okay because there is, there is that collegial exchange of ideas and whatnot. And possibly that, you know, next month you'll be the one who's asking for something and they will give something back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's the hope with that. But it's not guaranteed. And That's right. And... I don't know. There's this, there's this really weird, um, expectation that everything on the internet's free. I, I know you and I have experienced it at the Celebrant Institute. Like we've had the people we know, but like, yeah, no thanks. Not paying you 10 bucks a month. I'm like, it's all right. Go suck a dick, mate. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and now, now. Yeah, I know. But there's not everything on the internet has to be free. Uh, and if it's something you value, guess what? You pay for it. You know, you pay for Spotify or you pay those clothes you wear. You, know, you didn't just walk out of the shop with them for free. And what you and I are publishing uh, on um, the Celebrant Institute is our intellectual property. And the important word there is property, not even the intellectual bit, because if I write down five words on a page, that's also my intellectual property, but it doesn't mean it's any good. Um, but it's our property and our ideas and our thoughts and our scripts are our property and we're, we're well within our rights to share them freely, but we're also well within our rights to grant people a license to access them. Absolutely. And I think that I'm, I'm really keen to 
this is absolutely not a rant about everybody should join the Celebrity Institute. This is actually in response to a few things that I've seen going on with some of my friends. Um, I have one friend in particular who uh, does amazing work in the funeral space and uh, she is ever so generous with her knowledge and her time and her scripts and all sorts of things, but it's got to the point where people are taking advantage of that and and being completely unaware that that what they're expecting is not really okay. So, you know, she's driven to the other side of town to meet with someone who's then made her pay for her own coffee. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like that kind of thing, it's not really okay because she's not getting any value out of driving an hour to meet with someone to give them all of her information and then paying for her own coffee. Uh, so, you know, yes, definitely where I'm experiencing it myself with this person that I talked about recently, but I am seeing it. Josh and I now have a mechanism to say, hey, yeah, sure. Very happy to share that knowledge with you. Um, please join the Institute or, you know, please buy this download or whatever. Not everyone has that mechanism. And I just, I just want people to be a bit more aware, really, uh, to know that, you know, when somebody has done however many, 50, 70, 100, whatever it is, funerals, and you ask them to send you a script, what you're asking for is for them to send you the product of thousands of hours of work. And not only thousands of hours of work, but thousands of hours of thinking about that work and of reading and of researching and of going to training and all sorts of things. It's not just, oh, here's some words that I threw on a page. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so much behind what we have to share as well. I remember there was um, an argument in, uh, I think it was that the Wedding Experts Facebook group, this couple, maybe mm-hmm. a year or two ago, and uh, obviously the most popular pieces are always the ones about um, how, how much you charge and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and a celebrant um, was getting really uppity and saying to me, like, well, how many hours? How many hours do you spend working on a ceremony? Um and I said, so you, you're angling at this from uh, the wrong direction. There's, there's not just the single hours that I put into Jack and Jill's wedding, and maybe I put, maybe I put four hours. Like actually, I can, I can speak to you right now. Uh, there's a wedding I'm doing in September, and um, and the the investment with the couple pre-wedding has been 45 minutes plus a 15 minute phone call. I spent a half an hour doing the paperwork, and their wedding is on a Tuesday afternoon. It's a three hour round trip. Um, and it's, you know, so maybe, maybe all up, it's, um, it's a five hour job and I charge $1,500 for that. And, and if you break that down, you're like, well, that's, that's a lot of money, you know, per, it's a hundred dollars an hour and Josh Withers isn't worth that. Like, but also there's the last 10 years of me being a celebrant, the last 36 years of me gathering knowledge and intelligence and confidence to say, yes, I can do that. And, and. I don't have to invest as much average per that couple because I bring there's just a lot already instilled in what I do. So when you I know when you sign up for the celebrant institute, when you when you go to someone's workshop, and for the love of God, go to people's workshops. Just like it breaks my heart when I, I when I can't attend a friend's workshop or um or it's just kind of it's out of my well the only reason I wouldn't attend is if I can't. And um uh, because I, I know what it's like to put on a workshop and no one come. Like I've literally been there. I, I did a celebrant workshop in Sydney after. I was like, you should run workshops. You should run workshops. And um, sold six tickets and two people turned up. And oh, Yeah. So four awful. people paid and still didn't fucking turn up. <laughs> that's awful. Um, so, but, but, you know, like value, value what your friends have. Like say thank you. Give them a hug. Give them a shout out on social media. Just just recognize the value in other people. Like I wrote a, a, a post on the Celebrant Institute um, maybe last week about networking in 2018. Did you see this one? Yeah. 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 And uh, we like we we love like small business owners. We love networking. Like like Sarah, you're the networking queen. Like you own it. Like you like I think did you say you you go to the opening of a toilet or something like that? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it's what I do, and uh, and you know I've been like that in the past, and I I I I really do like going to stuff. I just also I just can't go to everything, so um, and I, I don't I don't apologize for that. That's just where my life is at at the moment. But uh, 
as much as that holds great power, and if someone's putting an event on and you turn up, you're automatically the best person in the room because so many people didn't turn up to that person's event. So don't stop going to events. Don't take this as not going to events. But if you can't go to events, like if you've got a fam, you've got kids, you got a newborn, you just whatever, you know, you're working a day job plus you're a celebrant, like whatever your situation is, I understand not everyone can do the hours of networking that some of us can. Um, but if you want to network in 2018 and exchange this conversation with, if you want to exchange value in 2018, jump onto Instagram and go through people you follow, start commenting on their stuff. Hey, great work or help them or add value to them. Give them a shout out. Um, because how many of us are posting on social media and seeing like no likes or, or no comments and we sit there like, oh, everyone's, everyone's terrible. Like what if you were the person that got up and started commenting and you actually started driving the revolution to, to exchanging value online and actually like I, I really do feel that the internet is this place where we're, we're the adults now. We're in charge. We get to decide how good it is. And I think. And an amazing element of that is actually creating value on the internet. When I say that, I don't mean another free bloody ebook, but, but I mean like loving people, like getting in the comment section, hey, great job in this blog post, um, sharing it. Hey, check out my friend Sarah. She wrote a blog post. Commenting on it like, you know, hey, I, you missed out this section. I'm going to like, here's the thing I think, or just – Jumping online and exchanging value, and whether that's signing up for the Celebrant Institute, whether that's going to your mate's workshop, whether that's buying their course, buying the new album, buying the ticket, or commenting, I, I really do believe that's that's the way to a better world in 2018. I, like Absolutely. I, and when I, when I talk about not expecting something for free, that's exactly the kind of payment that I'm talking about. You know, it, not everything is going to be a monetary exchange of value, uh, but... And, you know, I think I talked about this last week. Um, if you are a new celebrant and you're going out there looking for people to mentor you or help you out or whatever, of course you're not going to have experience to pay them back with. You're not going to have scripts to give them. You're not going to have – so pay them back in other ways by, A, being a good human and, like, being a nice friend and things like that. B, you know, shouting them a coffee. But see, doing that social media engagement stuff, giving people a shout out, go, you know, hey, I'm a new celebrant and this is someone that I'm following who I think is really cool. You know, those sorts of things. That is as much of as much value to the person who's helping you as what their help is to you. So I think it's worth it. I just want people to think before they ask and expect things for free. So uh, talking about, you know, exchanging value um since the last time we uh we posted a podcast we've really gone gung-ho into a project which we launched in the last podcast um and everyone's been joining up to but uh and we've already referenced it a few times in this podcast uh the celebrant institute it's a thing it is a thing which is super exciting and i'm such a geek that i'm loving writing all this stuff and answering people's questions and backing it up with evidence from the guidelines um, because I'm such a nerd. But, yeah, it is a thing and it's really cool. And as of, you know, 4.40 p.m. on the 8th of August, we have 93 paying members, which is super exciting. That is uh, – hang on, this pause. Just thank you. Yes, like, thank you so much for believing out. in us. We weren't entirely sure if this thing was going to fly, to be perfectly honest. We didn't really know if people were going to pay us. We thought what we had to offer was useful and valuable, but we weren't entirely sure if other people would agree with that or if they would think that we were, um, you know, just not worth paying the money to. So we didn't really know. We just kind of put it out in the world and to see what people would think. So, you know, 93 of you have trusted in us enough to sling us a few bucks and we, we're very, very grateful for that. So very grateful. I am. Um... I'm blown away every time we get the email that there's a new member. Like, it, yeah, it, honestly, it, it blows my mind because I, I've i run so many workshops that people haven't come to. Um, I've run wedding industry workshops that celebrant that everyone thought was for celebrants. I've run celebrant workshops that people thought was for, was for everyone. Um, and, and in the end, no one just bloody comes. Uh, I've, <laughs> I, I've, I've for so long advocated for better education in the celebrant industry. And I've been lucky enough to see you deliver a lot of that in your actual role as an actual trainer. And um, 
and and just even as you grow in that role and as things come up in the future, like I'm so proud of you and you're doing such a good work. But thanks, but lady. I thought that uh, that you and I on a kind of a non um, like official, official training, like that. There's just there's still great conversations to be had, and we started having those in this in this podcast. But then I thought I think there's it'd be good to just put bits on the record so that when in six months time, like I'm about to publish an article on financial systems and in six months time when someone's like, oh, Hey, I'm, like, I'm just set up financial systems. I'm like, cool. Well, like, I do want to talk to you about that, but let's save an hour's time and I'll share the link. And then once you've read that link, then maybe we can have a better conversation because I've already put those thoughts down into a blog post. And Absolutely. the Celebrant Institute, it probably could have started as a free thing. Honestly, if, if you and I weren't like, if we had have had that conversation that we had at Cornerstone in Palm Beach that, that morning, if we had had that on a more down day, this would have just been a free website. I'm like, yeah, we'll just put it out there and I hope someone likes it. But thank God both of us were feeling confident in our wares that they're like, you know, you know what? Let's charge for this. Let's, let's seek value. Um, and hope that other people do value us. And, uh, and honestly, out of the 9,000 celebrants roaming Australia, um, and the, what is it? 20 or thousand religious celebrants. Um, I thought, you know what, like maybe we can get a hundred, like, 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 surely we couldn't convince more than a hundred people to value what we do. And less than, well, not less than, so just over a month after launching, we're about to hit a hundred and that's pretty amazing. It's pretty cool. And the thing that I think also is really cool is it's not just people that you and I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, there's people I've never heard of on there. <laughs> There's celebrant students who aren't even registered celebrants who, are who, are, you people? who, who have joined, <laughs> which is super cool. And so I'm really thrilled about that. And I do have to give a big shout out to a few of my buddies, uh, Kelly Rossi and Kate Nichols and a few others, Clara McMurray for, um, for a few who really pushed me, uh, They've been telling me for years, Sarah, what you give is too valuable and you need to stop doing it for free. You need to figure out how to monetize that. Uh, and Kelly particularly rang me one day when I was in Queensland in March and said, dude, I had lunch with Clara and you've got people have to pay you for this shit. Stop doing it for free. And so then we made it happen. So thanks to those of you who pushed me. I really appreciate it because otherwise, yeah, I would have just continued doing it for free forever because I'm not good at asking for money. So thanks for pushing. But, yeah, thanks for signing up. And, and, and also not just signing up, but people are actually engaging with what we're writing. And that's the other thing that's super cool because I did kind of think that maybe people would pay their money and then we'd write stuff and it would just kind of go into the ether. But people are commenting on our posts and going, yeah, this is useful or, um, you know, have you thought about that? Which is ace. So, like, thanks. Yay. Yeah, definitely yay. That's, yeah, honestly, so humbled. Um, so I, I thought for podcast listeners that aren't members yet, and, and honestly, please don't ever feel like you need to be listening. This podcast will always be free. Uh, because I, um, I love doing it and I think it's, it adds value to the community. I, I thought maybe we could just do a bit of a quick run through of like what the first month has looked like on the Celebrant Institute website, what we've been writing about, what people are doing, commenting on. Just, um, yeah, just to give you a bit of a preview. And, and if you're sitting here wanting like, like, what is it? Then hopefully this would kind of answer that question as well. Absolutely. So, uh, we launched, we officially launched on kind of the 1st of July. Uh, and before then I wrote a few, we both wrote a few posts just to kind of, so there was something there when people signed up and it wasn't just a blank website. Uh, so there's some legal stuff in there back in June. There's some stuff about, you know, why Josh thinks it's so good to take credit card payments, that kind of thing. But literally as soon as we launched, we started getting questions people started asking us, hey, I've got this situation. What do you think I should do? So we've answered a lot. How many? We're up to like 69 posts or something already, which is crazy and awesome. Um, my big focus has been on any legal questions that have come through. And I also have done a massive analysis on the changes in the 2018 guidelines. So it's hey, a seven-part series. Pause that for a second. You've done phenomenal Pausing. work on that. Like that, that, um, that breakdown on the 2018 guidelines. Because there's actually quite a few changes that are worth noting. Like I did a Facebook post about it. Like if if you don't think this is important, you're a full celebrant. Um, and, and honestly, if you joined for the month just to read Sarah's articles, then quit. Like awesome. Like I'm, I'm glad totally you did fine. that. Like that's... 
you're within your prerogative to do that and you should. Like it's worth 10 bucks. It's worth $10 to just access that shit. It's really good. Thank you. Thank you. It did hurt my head. I, <laughs> I wrote 11,000 words on the new guidelines. So I'm pretty pleased about that. That's a mini thesis. Uh, so it's, but hopefully it will be useful. I didn't write about, you know, oh, this section's moved to the end of the book when it used to be the start of the book. I wrote about what's actually changed for our practice and there's 11,000 words worth. So that's quite a bit more than I think people might have been expecting. So of course I encourage you to read the new guidelines yourself. But uh, if it's too boring, feel free to have a look at my analysis. Other things we've been um, writing about uh, include just answering questions about um, marketing advice. Uh, I've had a lot of social media questions, um, like what to post on social media, how to do Facebook ads, and hopefully I've addressed them in the um, in the best way I can. Uh, so you've been hitting lots of things about copyright and uh, you know, licenses for um, you know, like uh, protecting the copyright of your ceremony scripts and. and Honestly, like I'm, I'm just scrolling through everything we've been, we've been writing. Actually, doing really good work, eh? We really are. We kind of rock, uh, <laughs> which is super cool. But um, particularly, I'm really happy that people are coming to me with or coming to us with their with their questions that are really affecting their business. And I think that what we're providing is really really valuable, uh, which is cool. And there are some, you know, some small products on there that people can download for a small price. So that's helping as well. Uh, I really like uh, Josh's recent uh, series on what to do on social media. And there's, it's a three part series on what you should do, when you should do it. And what was the other one? How you should do it? When? When? Yeah. And that's really cool because there's so much noise out there about social media, when to post, what to post, how often you should post, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like some of that's hard. It's a full-time job keeping up with Instagram and Facebook. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't have time for another full-time job. I've already got one, being a celebrant. So uh, I think that uh, Josh has really distilled it down into three posts that are easily digestible and they actually gave me quite a lot to think about when I read them. So I think that's really helpful too. You know, there's there's a reason that um, you know, when you need a wall put up in your house, you get a builder and a carpenter or whatever it might be, because there's um, like there's real work in this stuff. And there's going to be times as a celebrant business owner where you know you might actually need to seek external help to build your website. I haven't really written anything about building a website yet, have I? I should do that. Um, but you need help to do social media. But there's also a lot of the stuff which, with a little bit of encouragement, hopefully you can do yourself. And uh, and particularly with the social media stuff, I really think that it's us celebrants can own social media um, in a way that so many of the wedding businesses can't because uh, most most wedding businesses, uh, their social media presences, uh, they're just wedding porn. <laughs> So true. So true. <laughs> it's just pretty, pretty pictures of wedding stuff, which is lovely. Like that's nice. Um, and uh, you know, if if the internet has taught us anything, it's that porn is popular. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, wedding wedding porn is lovely. But I, I don't think it should be the only social media presence. And you know, there, there's been so many wedding businesses who are like, hey, we just reached ten thousand followers on Instagram, and you look at their thing, you're like, mate, it's all wedding porn. They're not even your photos. They're not even photos of weddings you've been involved in. So I think the strength versus celebrants has is like we we literally hold the vibe and the meaning and the purpose of the whole event. We hold that in our hands. We've got the wedding by the balls. And um and what else an opportunity to share those stories, that advice, the um the insight that actually makes it real. Because getting married is really, really real. If no one's aware of that, hopefully that's not news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is real life. And so when everyone else is out there posting wedding porn, what we might be posting might not be as popular, but it certainly will go a lot further. Because just like regular porn it, it might look pretty for a second but it's not good for your heart and it's not good for your soul and i think that's the same with getting married that yeah all this pretty stuff pretty dresses skinny women blah 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 like it's all that's great but i don't think that really serves our couples well um in the long run i think it's junk food for your wedding soul and so we've actually we've got so much to like we literally talk about marriage every day 
<laughs> and people are getting married at weddings. And so we've got such a great opportunity. For there. a long time, I, you know, really went, oh, it's so hard to do social media as a celebrant because we don't have a product to take a pretty picture of. Uh, and, you know, it's so much easier for people who make cakes or put together flowers or, you know, make dresses or even photographers because they've got all these pretty pictures. But the more I think about meaning and also branding, uh, the more I realize that there are other things that you can do that aren't just about pretty pictures or as Josh says, wedding porn. Now, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with posting pictures of other people's work if it fits your brand. So there's a there's a, an amazing celebrant in Melbourne called Nat Sproul, and she posts a lot of pictures of cakes and dresses and blah, blah, blah. But they really are of cakes and dresses that the people who book her as a celebrant would be likely to purchase for their own wedding. So therefore it fits her brand and the comments she makes about those pictures, they really fit her brand. So for me, the way I see the way she does it is that it's positioning herself in a specific corner of the market, which is great. So, you know, I think she does that really well. It's the people who just post pretty pictures because, oh, the the Instagram people told me that I have to post three times a day or, you know, five times a week or whatever. I need to find some pictures to post. That to me is when it turns into wedding porn because it's just posting for the sake of posting rather than finding meaning behind or, you know, using them to position yourself in the market. You should know that I'm really proud of um, getting you to say the word porn so much in one podcast episode. That was... <laughs> I feel like I've really reached the pinnacle of my career. I would like you to know that I have been using the term wedding porn even before your um, posts. I think that I think it might have been Anthony Cribbis who introduced me to that term, actually. Uh, I and reckon, I, I reckon Cribbis stole it from me. I'm going to claim it. I reckon Cribbis <laughs> possibly stole it from you. But I have said it at OPD several times, and there has been a, the occasional raised eyebrow at OPD when I've talked about wedding porn. But anyway. <laughs> it, it's, it's particularly like a great joy of mine as – as your friend, someone who's known you since you were you know, like early on as a celebrant, uh, I found such a great joy in um, in seeing you um, kind of use more expressive language like wedding porn. Like uh, there was, it was only just the other day you did a post where I think you mentioned, um, was it? Uh, you mentioned the words "dead wife" and then "yay." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that like, was for a very Sarah. good reason. I would just like to say. Uh, I was talking about the instruction in the new guideline uh, that you – this is in my first um, section of the guidelines analysis, and that one's actually free, uh, where you no longer have to insist on a death certificate. No, no, that's not what it was about. It was about the fact that on the norm down the bottom, it used to say that you had to find the year of a previous marriage ceremony. And – it used to say if put the year in and if you know it the full date, and it used to say that if you only knew the uh, the year that was fine. If you didn't know the year, you had to do everything you could to find it out, or you had to write a stat deck about why you didn't know the year. And so I was saying that this we don't have to do that anymore. They're now saying if you don't know the year of your previous marriage, you can write unknown and you don't have to provide a stat deck. It's totally fine. It's just for um, statistical purposes. This is super cool because, you know, sometimes like people get married when they're 90 and their wife might have died 40 years ago and they might not remember what year they got married in. So now he doesn't have to look up the year that he got married to his dead wife. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> God bless. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I would just like to defend myself on that one. <laughs> so um, we uh, – I think I might have mentioned uh, – I, I just want to rain at the podcast with a couple of um, scoops uh, of what's coming up on the Celebrant Institute um, just to give people an, an idea about, about what we're writing about and then also um, just to call out for questions because as much as I could write and write and write until the cows come home, uh, the best content comes when people submit a question because uh, that's also the easiest. Like if you're, you're going to be lazy, that's the easiest stuff to write for because um, you just ask a question, we answer it. So uh, I suppose um, what's coming up on uh, – 
my mind with the Seller Institute. I've got a podcast on um, financials, managing your business's financials. And I go right through bank accounts, why I've got separate bank accounts, why I use a credit card for um, expenses. Uh, I, I talk about my accounting system. There's many others on talk about mine and how I receive money, that kind of thing. So that's a podcast coming up. Oh, sorry, that's a blog post coming up. Um, I'm also uh, – so I've got this up called Drafts on my phone, and when I have an idea uh, for a blog post, I write it in there. So it's like kind of – it's. I, I told you that I do all my writing in Ulysses, but where I actually start writing is in Drafts. And then if it if it's good, then I – kind of move it into Ulysses. So I've got one on Zapier. And if you don't know what that is, that's going to blow your mind uh, because I, um, yeah, that's going to be really, you'll enjoy that. I actually asked for that one because I keep hearing about this Zapier thing that does like amazing stuff and I'm a little bit scared of it and I want to know more about it. Um, what else have I got here? Uh, another one about social media. Um, oh, yeah, and so I've got a few kind of insight. As I think of inspirational posts for, for celebrants, like kind of Seth godin kind of stuff, I've got a few of those kind of you know, skilled up in my drafts. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, what have you got planned for the Institute? Uh, there's a couple of – there's a legal question or two or three uh, in my inbox, one about um, what the actual requirements are for seeing proof of divorce. There's a question about uh, how to get funeral work, which is a massive conversation, but I'm very happy to answer it. Uh, there's a question about why I stand where I stand during ceremonies. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we both are going to talk about that, hey? Yeah. So I I know that Josh and I stand in very different places and well, for very different... Because you're wrong. That's... <laughs> And for very different reasons. So we will definitely both write about that. Uh, so, yeah, it's a real breadth. It's a real bit of everything, which is cool. And I, <laughs> I'm also a nerd because I'm enjoying discovering quite how much I have to say. Ah, you're discovering your voice, aren't you? Yeah, I am. It's nice. I like it. I like it. Do you reckon you're going to write a book soon? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> That's too many words. Too many words. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and then I'd have to think of like one thing to write about kind of. Anyway, that's beside the point. So, yeah, come and join the Celebrant Institute if you want to, celebrant.institute. But no pressure, guys. We're totally fine if you just want to listen to the podcast. We're, we're really – we're not precious about that at all. Uh, and if you do have a question that you'd like us to answer on the podcast – uh, and you're not a member of the Celebrant Institute, feel free to shoot us an email to hello at celebrant.fm and we can definitely talk about it next time we're recording a podcast. I suppose that's the big difference. When you write a uh, question to the Celebrant Institute as a paid member, you'll get a response within a week or if you tick the urgent box, I'll probably call you within a couple of hours. Uh, if you are a podcast listener and you submit a question to the podcast, you might not get a response for a few months. So that's the biggest difference. You'll still get a response at some point, we promise. It just might not be for a month or two. Um, the other thing I just wanted to mention before we finish is just a small update on Victoria BDM. Oh, um, and just to make things interesting. Go on a sexy I know, note. right? I know. So I do believe that last time we talked a little bit about the uh, BD, Victoria BDM's moved to their new online system, which is where they've bought the same software that New South Wales uses, and then they've rewritten 80% of it. Anyway, the original plan was that it would be rolled out by the end of March, and then that didn't happen, but they did some training sessions during June and July, and they told us that it was going to be rolled out on the 1st of August. It's now the 8th of August, so that hasn't happened. Uh, in late July, because I, I went to the same information presentation three times at different places because I'm a nerd, uh, and at the last one, which is at the AFCC conference, we um, the the message was it will be rolled out soon. So, so, so they're no longer prepared to put a date on it. The official word is soon. Which is good, you know, that's okay because now I don't have a deadline that I'm complaining that they haven't met. Uh, it's just soon. And, look, they are working really hard and we know that they 
uh, want to make sure it's as good as it can get before they roll it out to celebrants. So I know there's been a bit of concern. Oh, I heard it was coming out by the 1st of August and now it's the 8th and I haven't heard anything. Yeah, don't worry. It hasn't come out. If you are currently registered for the current Victorian marriage celebrants online system through BDM, you will be uh, emailed when it's ready for them to start um, creating sign-in new logins. Uh, and everyone else in Victoria who's not currently registered for marriage celebrants online will be emailed sort of later in the process. So don't worry, you haven't missed out. You will find out. It is coming uh, and hopefully it's soon. <laughs> soon it's lovely yeah so that's really all i have to say about that i am um, I, I love i love the weird position the bbms are getting into these days where for so long they've just accepted our mail but today they're getting online and digital and and like it's just it's kind of like watching your kids grow up bless <laughs> like, their cotton socks because they're all yeah. kind of finding their own digital cells like queensland's like i'm doing it my own way um actually on that note uh for those of you using the queensland online system uh, soon, and once again, no specific date uh, mentioned. You'll um, you'll be able to submit documents electronically and not post them in. So save yourself the buck and the Australia Post drama there. Currently, Yay. you can you can submit them submit them electronically, but you still have to mail them in. Um, and I actually questioned the other day because I uh, submitted the documents on maybe a Sunday night. And you know, submit everything, click save, done. And then I put the mail on my desk and I'll, I'll post that tomorrow when I go to the post office. And by maybe late morning, uh, that email saying, hey, registration complete. And so I emailed huh. back saying, look, it looks like you don't actually need the paper version. Is Am I still supposed to be sending this in? And they freaked out and they actually sent an official email out to everyone. Keep on sending in your mail. <laughs> <laughs> Just on that, though, there have been some questions. I know particularly in New South Wales, this has come up, but it will start to come up in Queensland and Victoria. The Marriage Act requires us to have three marriage certificates signed on the day. The one we give to the parties, the Form 15, the one that we keep for our own records, which might be in a big red book called a register or might just be a copy of the other one, um, a, you know, a second copy, and the one we send to BDM, three documents. With uploading and not having to post something to BDM, some celebrants are now saying, do we still have to get all three signed on the day or can we just do two? Because obviously we can scan our own copy and upload it and we now we're going to have two paper copies and what do we do? We still have to follow the Marriage Act. So the Marriage Act has not been changed. The Marriage Act still says three documents on the day. You have to keep doing three documents on the day, regardless of whether that means you end up with two originals in your hot little hand. So please don't stop doing all three until we, until the Marriage Act changes, which won't happen until there's an online system in every state. And I see that not happening anytime soon. So please, yeah, just keep doing that. It's actually, uh, it's interesting. Like I feel like we're going to dive into a deep conversation about BBMs and their whatever. But uh, if you look at, say, ACT, Northern Territory, even Tasmania, um, some of the smaller BBMs in uh, in Australia, they're, um, I guess eventually there'll be, a, in, there'll be an impetus for them to go digital. But, but the volume they're processing right now, I, like... I, I wonder what I wonder when like would ACT or NT be uh, Northern Territory be the smaller one? Do you think? Ah, uh, probably Northern Territory. I would think just off the top of my head, but we could look that up. Yeah, um, um, the, but like, like the the impetus for them to go digital isn't going to be as much as Queensland. Queensland has seen like massive savings in time and whatnot, and and that's the system I'm most intimate with. Uh, as they as they go digital, they've they're seeing great benefits, but the benefits probably aren't as um aren't as known to the Northern Territory uh, BDM. Do like and obviously they'll go digital one day, but like like what does that look like? Well, I suspect what they will do is they'll probably just hook into one of the systems that already exists. I I suspect that they won't actually go to all the effort like Queensland has of creating their new system or like Victoria has of changing a system that existed but they didn't really love. I think that probably um, the maybe the vendor or maybe even the uh, the vendor who created LifeLink and created the Victorian system, Rio, uh, will possibly go out to those states and go, hey, we can sell you 
a, you know, slightly smaller version that's ready to go, that's had all its bugs tested and, you know, it's ready to go and you don't have to put any effort into it. So I suspect that that might be what happens. Um, but it would be, it'll be interesting to, to see that, that yeah. progression. Good chat, Sarah. Good chat. Oh, such nerds. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> Look at that. We literally just clicked over an hour. So, um, that might be a good time for us to, uh, to yes. wrap up the podcast and send it out to the people. Absolutely. As always, you can get in touch with us at hello at celebrant.fm. If you have any questions or comments or just nice words, that's always appreciated too. Uh, and, you know, thank you so much for listening as always. If you want to listen to uh, earlier episodes, um, celebrant.institute forward slash podcast. And um, you might have heard celebrant.institute as the website because that's the website for the institute and the podcast is just hosted on there. So if you want to check out the Celebrant Institute, celebrant.institute, no need for the www, no need for, no need for the .com, just type in celebrant.institute and you've got us. Mate, I'll chat to you. You know what? At this point, it, it might be a month, it might be more. Who knows when? <laughs> Who knows Sometime. When? We're to Canada next week. Sometime. Soon. Let's just say soon. Be good, mate. All right. Thanks so much. Talk soon, everyone. Bye.